0: Welcome back to another episode of The Big Freedom Show. I'm one of your hosts here, Charlie Thompson. Joining me as always is the king himself, John King, and your favorite lispy libertarian, Nate Thurston. And we have a special guest today on The Big Freedom Show. Joining us is Hannah Cox from the Beacon Center slash Beacon Impact. Is that right, Hannah? That's right. This has never happened before. She's our first guest. How does that feel?
1: Am I really? In studio, yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored.
0: So. Tell us about, for those that don't know, the Beacon Center and the Beacon Impact. What's the difference, and what, what do you do?
1: Yeah, so to make it as simple as I can, uh, the Beacon Center of Tennessee has been around for a little over a decade, and we are a nonprofit, a 501c3. We're nonpartisan. We work to advance free markets, individual liberty, and limited government in the state, and about a year ago, we decided that we needed um, a sister advocacy organization so that we could take the ball a little bit further down the field and not just advocate for cer- certain reforms, but really start, you know, getting our hands dirty and, and start lobbying and, and take action on those things. So Beacon Impact is our sister organization, uh, and that's the 501c4 counterpart. So we do a lot of our advocacy and really work to to pass legislation through that organization.
0: You said some key words there, free market, I like liberty. that. Uh, just so you know, the Big Freedom Show is brought to you by Freedom and Liberty. That's what we believe in here at the Big Freedom Show. You're so keep that going, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I am <so. laughs> until we get a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need a sponsor when the Big Freedom Show American Dream Starter Kit is going to be launched here pretty soon. So keep track of that, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being part of what we're doing here. We're warming up our 3D printers yeah. we, coming soon.
2: Did you guys all have a good week? I feel like it's been forever since we had one of these episodes. Did you guys have a good weekend? Charlie, I know you've been doing something pretty cool, right? So, in case you didn't know, we're from Nashville, Tennessee,
0: and the Predators are in the playoffs. So, uh, it's basically like college football meets hockey. That's the way the Predators do hockey down here in the South, so we throw the best parties. And um, I've been losing a lot of sleep and the predators <laughs> are winning so that's good Keep that for going. nashville it's that's working out. good for the city i i here's my bold prediction on sports i know all you liberty freedom lovers care about sports here the predators are going to win the stanley cup this year bring nashville their first championship
1: here here
2: you heard it here first folks there it is <laughs> can i go to a playoff game sometime you never invite me yeah never.
0: you've tickets I'll...
2: Yeah, season tickets
0: and it's an (laughs) ongoing thing. He usually chooses Nate over me pretty consistently Uh, Although I'll text him at the same time and see who answers first first. and Nate's Nate's always in there Usually Nate has his response
2: already typed because I'm I'm sitting sitting next to Charlie when he sends the text
3: Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm
0: the second string
3: friend, but that's okay
0: (laughs) All right guys, we are gonna get to this interview with Hannah We're gonna talk all about the Nashville mass transit plan. I think it's called let's move Nashville and we're going to get into the nitty and gritty of this plan. The vote is coming up on May 1st, the referendum for you to vote if you live in Davidson County. So I actually am the least uh, one effect- affected by this. I live in Wilson County. Nate and John both live in Davidson County. Hanno lives in Davidson Smack-tab County.
2: Downtown. Yep.
0: So uh, I'm the least affected. So we're going to dive into that. But first, it is time for the Whiskey of the Week.
2: week. That's <laughs> a poor presentation of that.
0: And Hannah is going actually going to join in on this. She has a tiny sip of whiskey there, and she is going to let us know her tasting notes. But first, John, tell us what the whiskey of the week is. Well,
3: I struck gold at my uh, neighborhood supply here, and we've got some Willet Straight Rye Small Batch. Clock's in at 53% alcohol and pretty hard to find. It's about 60 bucks if you can get your hands on it, and I love
2: it. It is really good. It's kind of spicy. It's got a nice spice to it. And it's, uh, you know, it's a little, tastes a little thicker than a lot of the other ryes that we've had so far. So I don't know. Pretty I good.
0: Do, yeah. Again, I'm not a huge fan of rye. I've said that so many times on the shows. And if you don't believe me, go back and listen. Um, but this is like a, it's not, it's not thin. You could tell it's $60. Thank you, John, for spending that much money on a bottle of whiskey for us. <laughs> and uh, mom, you didn't hear that. It is, <laughs> it is absolutely
2: delicious. But the important part, Hannah. What I do like you it. think? And
1: I'm blown away. As I mentioned, when I got here, you know, I had a brief stint as a Jack Daniel's girl, so I know a little bit about whiskey. And I've always thought I hated rice.
2: You have come a long way. No, Jack Daniel's. <laughs> when you say Jack Daniel's girl, does that mean you went around just hammered on Jack Daniel's all the <laughs> no, time? No, they didn't let okay. us drink
1: it. We had to just go around and convince other people to buy it. Okay. Basically, I got you.
2: It mm-hmm. sounds like a, okay. a terrible job. It was
1: not a very good job, <laughs> but I got to go to all the Titans games for free. So well,
0: was, okay, better, better I, job. Yeah, yeah I take
1: an that. Okay, back. deal.
3: That's good. All right. So, ratings. Well, hold on. Hold on. We might want to talk about it a little bit. Oh. No, I think it's good. It's Thought got a little did. bit a little bit of a corny, you know, you can taste the corn on it pretty strong, but
0: the rye is phenomenal. I'd Super d- spicy. This is another one that kind of reminds me of a a Christmas whiskey, like it would be great to sip at Christmas time. Mm,
2: mm-hmm. Next to
0: the fireplace. So, next you know? to the fireplace yeah. and it's a very cold day in Nashville today, so this is Yeah. It actually snowed today in April, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, that was really confusing,
3: but I'll save that story for later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now, Nate, we'll go around the room here. What do you
2: think? One out of 10. Do I have to weight it against the price like normal? No. Okay. If I didn't care about price, then for a rye, I'm going to go about eight. Probably. I'll go eight. If I had to weight it with the price, I'd probably knock it down to about a
0: seven. I don't care about the price either, but for me, this is actually a nine. I really, really enjoy this whiskey a lot.
3: I'm going nine and a half out of uniqueness and quality. I think it tastes great. John's up there.
1: I'm, I think I'm going to go all the way, maybe 9.75 even. I oh, mean, yeah, oh, I haven't had as many okay. rides, but a this is amazing. A lot of people would agree
3: with you. It's uh, really
1: good. And I also love expensive things, so that maybe adds so to it.
0: She's <laughs> a little bougie. She actually weighted the value of the bottle. Made her like it more. In the other
1: direction.
2: <laughs> it's exclusive,
1: huh? Yeah, <laughs>
0: But you guys brought the good stuff,
2: so. Well, so speaking of things that are really expensive. Yeah. um, (laughs) Nice
1: nice segue. Uh,
2: There you go. What else do you like that's really expensive? Uh, (laughs) Probably, uh, I don't know, probably trains, I bet. No, not
1: so much. You know, among my love of expensive things are not mass transit proposals. Okay.
2: (laughs) Why would that be? I mean.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, at the end of the day, I think if something really works and we, Consider it a legitimate function of government, which I think transit is in some capacities. Uh, but does it work? And that's what we're looking at. Does it add value? Is it something that's worth spending money on? And in my experience and in my research, I have not seen a mass transit plan that has uh, been either of those things.
0: All right, so you kind of answered the first question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. And we'll have you expand further. <laughs> Way to stick on that. to the form. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, mass transit. With 100 people still moving to Nashville on average every single day, there's clearly a traffic problem. I drive in it every day. It's awful.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nashville has proposed the Let's Move Nashville Transit Plan to remedy this. The estimated cost is $5.4 billion, $9 billion, uh, if you include the interest in maintenance, and includes light rail and bus improvements that won't be ready for at least 15 years. Will this solve Nashville's traffic problem?
1: It won't. And you know, when I first heard this transit plan, we were eagerly awaiting to hear what they would come out with and had been spending a lot of time researching transit even before in other cities. And uh, and when I heard this, I just thought this is the equivalent of installing landlines across the city in 1999. I mean, it is so outdated. And the thought of it, I mean, even if you look at existing light rail systems right now, they lose money, They never decrease traffic more than about 2% at most, and they always end up being far more costly than they predict. So uh, already, even in existence right now, they are extinct practically. And we're talking about something in 15 years. Can you imagine where we're going to be technologically in 15 years? Let's
3: ask Elon Musk. He's probably got an idea. I think he's working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he could consult
0: a little bit. There's
1: some indicators. I don't know.
0: I mean, my grandpa collected trains. He really liked them a lot. You know? Yeah. So did that's... my little
1: brother. They're they're cute. <laughs> Nostalgic.
0: In the interest of full
3: disclosure, and I'm going off the reservation a little bit here. I must admit, I was initially seduced by the idea of a transit plan. Totally. Um, I or saw, were
0: you seduced by Mayor
3: Barry? <laughs> that's an, that's another show. Sorry, the Katie. Different, different <laughs> Sorry, Katie. Probably different title. Sorry, Katie. No, you know, I saw the initial maps and everything, and it looked really cool. It was going out really to sort of the far reaches of the county, and it kind of made sense to me. They hadn't really put out how they were going to pay for it yet, but I'm like, this is going to be really cool. And... Then when we got the final version, it was literally probably half as much light rail as they had initially talked about for twice as much money. Mm Mm-hmm. And that that was when things kind of changed a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people when they first hear about the, you know, the transit proposal, they think we need a solution. And everybody agrees we need a solution and we need a solution now. Uh, the unfortunate things I think a lot of people are not aware of exactly what this plan entails. I know I've talked to a lot of people in Murfreesboro and Clarksville or, you know, even Mount Juliet who think this is going to encompass the interstates. Where we have so much congestion. I'm like, no, no, no. This is just five little corridors around the downtown. Which, that's center. another
3: thing that they initially were talking about whenever they were doing the studies. It was they were gonna run buses down some of the shoulders and things like that all the way down past Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing
2: that at one point. What but, do you guys think the odds are that the government plan is gonna come within the budget and on time? Zero percent. Has this ever happened? I don't any have you ever heard of such I, a thing? I actually did a lot of research on this today and I
0: couldn't find one. In fact on average, most government plans go over budget 33% of the time. Ooh. and 33% I, of the time? Well, I mean, well, no, 33% over budget? over budget. Okay, yeah. So 100% That's of the time, they 33% average so, over budget <laughs> so 33%. When,
2: so when we say $9 billion, we're actually talking about $12.8 billion. And then uh, when we say 15 years, I'm not going to lie. I moved here nine years ago, and it took them almost the entire time to add that lane on 24 mm-hmm. up there. That like the whole time to do that. So the idea that they're going to do this all in 15 years and it's going to be in budget and it's going to be done by whatever is that 2030, 2025,
1: I think, right? Is it, or is it 2032? 2032, 2032 is, is the finish. Done. Yeah,
2: yes. yeah com- complete finish. And the idea that they're actually going to finish it by then, I don't even think that they could finish the top of 440 by that time. So, the bottles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, don't, I don't think they could do that. Yeah, so uh, the idea that they're actually going to get this done by then <sighs> is just a joke to me. It's going to end up costing $20 billion. $20 billion and never get finished.
1: Right, well, an important thing that Charlie kind of alluded to is a lot of cities have already tried this. They have run over budget drastically. They've uh, ran out of time. And what we've seen happen, interestingly enough, is a lot of them start cutting the bus services to pay for how much light rail runs over. And we've seen that happen in LA, um, I think is the best example, where they started cutting bus services. And here's how you need to think about it. Light rail is mostly for white affluent people who choose to use it, right? Whereas buses typically go to poorer areas for people who need it. So when they start cutting the buses, which is the part of the plan that I actually like, expansion of buses, what you're doing is hurting the people who most need transit. And so in LA, when they started doing that to pay for their light rail overruns, they actually got sued by the NAACP. And the city had to, you know, kind of hand over the light rail plan and and take a seat and re-up the bus plan. Which if
3: you've ever been to LA, good luck getting anywhere on their light rail. I mean, right. It's a joke. The only places I've ever had any success with a train would be New York City and Washington, D.C. And that's, I can't think of any other examples. And that's because it goes
0: everywhere. Mm-hmm. Hannah brought up a good point, And this kind of transitions into my second question. I just, I just want to point out, how many times have you heard the government say, hey, we're here to help you? And although I will say that, you know, their intentions may not be bad, but... What ultimately ends up happening every single time is they end up hurting the poorest among us. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, they're touting this whole thing of trying to help the poorest among us, it ends up always hurting them. But you you said something very important important about other cities um you know, trying transit and, and what's happening there. So I, this leads me to question number two, which is there's an article out of The Washington Post from March 24, 2018, so a couple weeks ago, and it mentions that transit ridership fell in 31 out of 35 major metropolitan areas in the United States last year. Seven of those 31 cities serve the majority of riders with losses largely stemming from buses. Researchers from Transit Center relying on data from U.S. Department of Transportation's National Transit Database concludes that factors such as lower fuel, costs, teleworking, which is working from home, higher car ownership, and Uber and Lyft are pe- are pulling people off trains and buses at record levels. So with all that said, if you caught that, will Nashville rise above what seems to be the norm – I'm saying that in quotes – for transit in most other cities,
1: I mean certainly not. If you look at the existing transit that we have, we already lose I think nine thousand dollars per rider right now. So we don't have high ridership numbers as it is, and you know the transit systems are losing people for very good reason. As I mentioned earlier, the technology is is moving full steam ahead, unlike the trains. And um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there.
1: People no longer are going to leave their home, drive, park take a mass transit system to somewhere that's not their ultimate destination, walk or take an Uber or something else to get there, nobody's going to do that. You know, they're not going to go somewhere at a preset time. That's not how we function anymore as a society. And so if you really look at what's happening, smart cities are utilizing this technology that's already in existence and they are making deals with uh, technologies like Uber Pool and Via and these are rideshare services that basically can create bus lines based on real time supply and demand so that people actually are getting picked up from point A, taken to Point B, uh, and it's a much more efficient way of, of utilizing transit.
3: Kind of getting rid of all those empty buses we always see. There's like the the bendy bus with one guy on it.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, in our society, who has time to go? Basically, take two hours to take the bus somewhere. You don't.
2: This this plan really doesn't help anyone. Like out here in you know out here in Antioch, I was just thinking, you know, my my fiance is not going to go. Wherever she would have to, you know, is the where's the first stop for like the train they were talking they about? Haven't they haven't
1: actually announced the stops yet.
2: Okay, I know they saw it, they had something up by the airport was going to be one of the major. Yeah, and then hubs, it, it didn't right?
3: make it very far down Nolensville Road either. Okay,
2: so even out here, which is I think where the traffic starts really, I mean, this area by Bell Road and Twenty Four is mm-hmm. just impossible to get through in the morning. Yeah. So your traffic's already started by then, and. And we're not really helping anyone that's out here get to town without having to, like you said, plan and get to some kind of a station and take it mm-hmm. there. And then when they get there, it's not like we're in Manhattan or anything. Right. They're not going to arrive at a, a block away from where they need to go. They're going to have to get there and then figure out how the heck they're going to get to where they actually work. Because Nashville is a very spread out city. And while we may think that we're like a Manhattan, I mean, when you get down there, there's it's it's not so comp- you know it's not so compact down there that you can just take a train yeah, the, and you're a block away from where you want to go. Not even comparable <laughs> you <know>? at all. <laughs> and, and I I think that's the problem. That there is everyone's like, oh yeah, New York, you just get on the subway and you go there and you get off on your train and then you got about a one minute walk to where you're working and it's going to be great. No, that's just not the case here. We don't have you know New York has got our entire population within a within a few blocks there. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot different situation. I will say, I, I mean, I have a hard time
0: waking up and jumping in my truck and leaving whenever I want to get to work. And uh, I hate being late, but that's every single morning. I'm always like, man, I can't, I need to get in my truck. I need to go. I, like, <laughs> there's no way I personally could wait on a bus, you know, that's either late or maybe it's early. So they take off early and I miss it. And you know, what's like, I'm going to be late every single day. I want to be able to hop in my truck and uh, drive aggressively like I do and get downtown as fast as Mm -hmm. possible, so. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right, and if you look at the plan actually, so they actually have some good numbers that I think we should point out where they are, uh, they've said who they think will be in a walkable distance from the various lines, which they consider about a half mile or 10 minute walk. Um, And if you total those numbers up, it adds up to about 200,000 people, which is only 30% of Davidson County. However, if you take just the people along the light rail lines, that number drops to 97,000. So we've got under 15% of Nashvilleans that will actually be considered walkable to a light transit system. And that's before we even know the stops. And
3: we're about to jump into this too, but you're saying 15% of people are walkable on what's consuming, is it 80% of the cost roughly?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's pretty staggering. (laughs) Yeah. Well and uh, but those are the only people paying
2: for it, right?
1: Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I won't even get going on that. Yeah. And we're not gonna subsidize most of those people either, I bet. No, never. We wouldn't do that. Not gonna do that.
0: (laughs) Something interesting I found too, not only are people, you know, sharing Ubers and cars and carpooling and and all the things you mentioned, I also saw today that the people are sharing bikes. Like there there's bike sharing apps. Even. That's impressive. Like, I, I guess in New York.
3: Yeah, you you and just kind of drop your bike wherever you want, and they show up on a map as oh, wait, to where... Oh, I
1: was picturing, like, those multi-seat bikes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> well, very like, wow. interesting. Sounds maybe like an East Nashville too. thing. <laughs> I just imagine jumping on a tandem bicycle <laughs> yeah. with someone that I don't know at all. <laughs> like, what, if you, what if you
3: get someone that isn't willing to pedal very hard?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like
1: the pedal taverns. I'm just going like to take a pedal time.
2: tavern from my yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that way I can
0: drink on the way into work. Right. Oh man. Question three. This is uh I'm not trying to get you here. This is not a you know, what's a leppo question, uh, God, for all you Lepo, Gary Lepo. Johnson Lepo. fans out there. Oh uh, man. To be fair, right? To be fair and balanced, Seattle has been pointed to by proponents of Let's Move Nashville as a city that is doing it quote unquote right oh, and boy. considered to be the model for transit ridership. In fact, their light rail ridership has exploded from 3 million trips in 2002 to 32 million trips in 2002. What makes Seattle different and why is it, quote unquote, working there?
1: I got to tell you, if they're using Seattle as a talking point, man, are we in trouble because that system is... I can't think of anything worse, to be honest. So, yes, Seattle is one of the only cities that has seen uh, an uptick in in transit riders. But that being said, it's because they are spending a vast amount of money and quickly expanding it. And you have to really look at, you know, what were their numbers beforehand. So just because they're experiencing an uh, increase in some ridership numbers doesn't mean that you actually have that many people taking transit or that it's really making a dent on traffic. So I'll say that first and foremost. Uh, but second of all, Seattle has had three different referendums, I believe, or three different votes where they have... Um, gradually increased their transit. So I think it started off with something like seven billion dollars, and uh, I don't remember under a hundred miles of light rail. And that plan uh, never was completed fully. They ended up taking a third of it out you to don't finish say. it. I do. <laughs> Ran over budget. But did they take all the money? Oh, they took all the money and then some.
3: Can't believe that.
1: And so now they're at phase three, uh, where they basically are paying, I think, fifty-four billion dollars over twenty-five year period for an additional sixty-two miles of light rail. To give you an idea of kind of how those costs are overrunning, they're spending over $100,000 per parking space at one of the park and ride garages they are building. A transit expert in Seattle actually made a comment I thought was hilarious where he said, these parking spaces are more expensive than most cars. It would be cheaper for us to just give everybody a car. Uh, And that's just for the garage. So uh, they're running way over budget. And so if you look at one of their uh, light rail extensions through Linwood, they're over Five hundred million over budget and on a six-month delay, so I I think when you say you know our ridership is increasing, at what cost is what I would say, and do we want to be in that situation? No. And I also will point out that Seattle's uh, traffic is still one of the top five worst cities in the nation.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is, and I mean you hit the nail on the head. It's it's kind of asinine. I mean, you look at a segmentation of data and you can point to it and say wow, look how great Seattle's doing. But when you actually get down into the numbers like you do with anything with government, it turns out to be a complete wreck. And these people are paying ridiculous amounts of money um, through taxes and a lot of it's being squandered. They're over budget, like Hannah mentioned. And I want to mention one other thing that I I found out uh, while I was researching for this. Seattle actually has a law. They passed a law called the CTR, which requires employers in Seattle to provide incentives to their employees to ride transit. Now, what what does everybody always say about socialism? Uh, it's so good, you have to force other people <laughs> to do it. So, yep. so do you get like an extra day off every month if you ride transit? Well, so I took it took me a really, really long time to try to find what these actual incentives are we
2: get it charlie you spent a lot of time on this well oh, yeah good.
0: i'm i'm just saying for people out there this this information is tough to find they've buried it deep within the interwebs uh but what i found the most shocking is they actually offer employees uh pre-tax options so you could uh you know if you i guess if you buy a bus ticket for the month they won't give me the details i couldn't find those but i'm assuming like I buy, you know, the monthly bus ticket or whatever. I get that pre-tax out of my check like you would, you know, your medical expenses or whatever. But I just found it ironic that the government of Seattle is actually forcing their employers to offer incentives for people to take the transit system.
2: Well, and let's not, I mean, I don't want to confuse the fact that just because a government program is being widely used does not make it successful. Uh, anyway, now, this says that they increased from 3 million trips to 32 million trips. It didn't say how many people, it said how many trips. So uh, that's that's one thing.
1: Right, when you're expanding your um, services, yeah, I assume you're taking more A bunch trips. more empty
2: trains going back exactly. and forth. Congratulations. <laughs> and then uh, they have, you know, like I said, a government program, there were people that will point to the food stamp program and say, look, we gave a lot more people food stamps last year. It's a success. That doesn't mean it's a good thing at, at all. Is it actually helping people? Is it the money that's spent on it? Is that in the economy hurting people in some other kind of way? We're not talking about that. We're talking about more people using this, and I just don't want to, you know, confuse yeah. that fact. Sure well, does. and
0: and I brought that question up on purpose because I wanted people out there thinking like, if you're listening to the other side of this, uh, if you haven't figured out by now, we're, you know, I'm against this. I think the big freedom show is against this. Be- because of what it all entails, and if you're listening to the other side, the people that are behind, let's move Nashville. They're trying to get you to vote for this thing. Look, take a look at what they're telling you, like Seattle and other types of cities that they're pointing to. Look at those things and take a deeper dive into them for yourselves. And the information's hard to find, trust me. <laughs> but you'll get there. You'll get down into the nitty gritty and actually see for yourself that it's just a bunch of hogwash on to <laughs> this is a family show. I can't say what <laughs> other words um, on to question number four. Personally, I think the biggest issue that I see with the plan is the taxation of the entirety of Davidson County with 80% of the revenue being spent on a light rail system that really would only impact the center city center of Nashville. Dedicated lanes and bus rapid trans transit are being proposed for the rest of the system to service a much more substantial geographic area. area, And we kind of talked about this, but the question at only 20% of the project cost or around about there, is there any reason bus rapid transit shouldn't be a first line solution for the entire problem?
1: I don't think so. And, you know, I really wish that they weren't, put together in the same plan, because I think that that's, they're two totally different items that need to be examined as such. And unfortunately, Nashvilleians don't have that opportunity.
2: John, I know you've, you've talked about how you'd yeah, like I mean, to see this totally as a, a as a bus job. plan. Like, <laughs>
1: no, I
3: mean, I'll, I'll give a little context. I've, I have some property over on the other side of the county and we're in, which for those of you that don't live here, Davidson County is huge. Um, And it's split up into what's called the Urban Services District and the General Services District. And the General Services District, we don't get trash collection and things like that. It's, I mean, it's pretty country out there. And what I think is crazy is people out in the General Services District that get way reduced services on everything are being taxed the same as someone who lives right in the middle of the city center. That kind of makes me a little crazy.
1: (laughs) Understandable.
3: Just
2: like what I was saying, you know, where I where I live out here, basically, I'm really not going to have much access to these services unless I spend probably thirty minutes worth of parking and going somewhere and taking an Uber or wherever I need to go right. to use the I, service. I don't, I don't have city so, sewer, but yeah, I have to pay for a light rail. This, <laughs> this plan is essentially worthless to me, but I'm still going to have the same taxes for it that uh, that everyone else is going to have. But that's all. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that.
0: All right. Number five, Hannah. listed on let's move. National.com slash benefits is jobs and economic impacts. The website claims that Metro's transportation solution will create or maintain 3,850 jobs per year, adding 4.76 billion in GDP GDP growth and 3.66 billion in additional labor income. Is this proposal a jobs program?
1: Gosh, you know, right here, jobs development, economic development, I just think corporate welfare immediately because, you know, that's code word for what that is. So I uh, I definitely don't believe that the government is in the business of creating jobs. I don't think there's any such thing as a government created job unless you're actually working for the government. So I take issue with that because essentially what this plan is saying is that we're going to give money to certain winners that the government is picking and allow them to pay people to come in and build something. Uh, And that's not to say that those jobs wouldn't be doing something else. So you're not creating jobs, you're taking jobs jobs away from other projects, from other things in Nashville, Uh, as someone who works with a lot of property rights groups in the state. I'll tell you right now, we're at a shortage. We're a shortage of workers. Uh, a lot of our projects run way over time because they can't get the people they need on the projects. They can't get the uh, codes approvals. They can't get the inspectors there on time. Our city is having an affordable housing crisis, and it's because our, our supply is so restricted. So we're going to take away the ability to increase supply in other areas that we need and put it on this boondangle of a traffic plan. I don't think that's creating jobs. I think it's hurting other industries and making Nashville better or worse off economically at the end of the day.
3: And ironically, we haven't gone into too much about the funding mechanisms for this, but one of the ways that they're paying for it is a surcharge on businesses. So you're literally taking money from productive
2: use in private enterprise Mm -hmm. and sinking it into this disaster. Like you guys are saying, in in economics, everything is a trade-off. You don't... The government does not create anything, like Hannah said. They only take. All they do is take, and then they they put that money in other places. So, is the trade-off for this money worth it? That's the that's the question. Because they're not really creating anything; they're taking from something else to put money in somewhere else, and and it's it's not a creation. That's the that's the most important part to remember.
0: As Hannah mentioned, it's private industry that actually creates the production. They create the actual. Real jobs. And if you're taxing people to death, if you're adding a 20% surcharge on business taxes, if you're, you know, raising the sales tax up to one of the highest in the nation, like this transit proposal does, then you're taking away productive jobs that other people could have had to fund a, you know, A government, quote unquote, job for a couple years. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. And to take
3: it one step further, you're literally taking people out of the workforce that could be used for other projects. Like you said, if you try to build anything here right now, it's impossible. How's that going, John? Uh, What are you building? uh, Tariff watches next week.
2: (laughs) John's been trying to find someone to build him a nice house for a long time. You know, it, hey, if you're listening and you own a construction company that's you know not bidding on this transit plan, as you probably turned this off by now, but uh, if you're listening, John needs someone to build him a super nice house. And, I mean, <laughs> well, I he's have ready. an
3: update. Fortunately, thanks to a, a lovely community bank here in town, I am going to be starting building my house probably next week. So that's awesome. Nice but- congrats. Tariff watch will be uh,
2: in yeah. place. So. We like to pay attention to who decides how expensive John's things are going to be all the it's time. It's usually
0: dictated by tweets, but that's yeah. another story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> in case Hannah doesn't
0: know, we call Trump the tariff daddy.
1: I was figuring yeah. it was something along those <laughs> lines. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. I think, uh, Nate, you had a question before we get to the last one.
2: Oh, yeah. So what I wanted to know is, um, you know, we've talked about how terrible the plan is. We all agree with that do you think there is a suitable plan for Nashville that would help? Because we've all driven in the traffic. Um, we are libertarians here. I don't, we haven't talked about your specific political leaning. So, like, I don't want them to do anything. And then these guys probably have some, some good ideas for for themselves. But, but what would be a good plan for Nashville?
1: Yeah. I think it's a combination of things. And, you know, I consider myself a libertarian. I'm a huge free market advocate. So I think if there's any possible way to solve things without involving the government, it will be a better plan and cheaper plan and more effective. So you can come uh,
3: back anytime. Yeah. We, we <laughs> like all these things you're saying. Can we have a fourth host? Like the way you talk.
1: Um, um, no, so I think, you know, there's a couple really easy things that we could go ahead and implement that don't take any effort whatsoever You know, you could do things as simple as switching traffic lanes based on supply and demand We've got two roads in Nashville that do that and do that very well So you've got Lebanon Pike and you've got that other road towards East Nashville I don't know the name of but they flip the the middle lane. Yeah uh, during high traffic times It's not
2: Jefferson. I think it, it is, is Jefferson. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I you know, we could start doing that in other quarters of the city I think that would definitely speed things up because you've got gridlock going into the city in the mornings and getting out in the afternoons It's pretty obvious Uh, utilizing things like other cities are doing like Uber pool and other other ride sharing services as buses. You know, let mm-hmm. these buses uh, use this technology so that we have more effective routes so people will actually utilize the bus systems. Uh, I think that, you know, you already see a lot of companies doing this downtown. I know I work downtown. I don't even know what my employer pays for me to park, but I know it's probably over $150 a month. You've got some employers that are moving into downtown and they're deciding that instead of paying this for their employees to park, they're gonna start using Uber Pool in and of itself uh, to bring their employees in. So they have employees picked up on a route and brought into work that creates less traffic because you're creating a carpool. Uh, Um, You know, virtual offices are taking off. I think that it's a great thing to incentivize that, to have companies have staggered hours or to really, you know, encourage them to let people work from home. There's no need to have people working a nine to five job with most industries these days. That's just really antiquated. I don't know why it's still in existence. Uh, And then other things, you know, obviously like expanding the lanes around town, upping the speed limit. Why is it 55 miles per hour all around downtown? That creates a lot of gridlock. I like
3: this too. (laughs) So
1: I think there's, you know, a lot of immediate things that could be implemented. And then I think long-term, obviously, you know, autonomous cars, are just going to open up a whole new world for us. And I think that to, to imagine a plan 25 years down the road and not incorporate that is a form of arrogance and just, it's just ludicrous. I don't understand how that could plausibly be the case.
3: I think in 25 years, we're going to be trying to figure out how to get the tracks out of the road for, <laughs> yeah. more, for more lanes
2: if they pull this off. Yeah, exactly. that, that's the crazy thing is that we're talking about the 2030s to, you know, the government plan is going to go. It's going to be the 2040s before this thing is done. We all, We all know it. And we have no idea what kind of cool stuff we're going to, what has Elon Musk invented by that time? By that time, he probably could have bored all the way under Nashville and given us some kind of amazing subway system or a hyperloop system that, uh, you know, so we're going to have this amazing uh, 250-year-old train system going through our <laughs> streets. And then, you know, other cities that have let Elon do things are going to have a crazy
3: How, how much do you think it's gonna going to cost going for us to them. pull the tracks up? I don't know. They'll they'll figure
0: out a way. They'll probably have to raise taxes again. It'll, yeah. it'll be up to like 14% by then and just loving it. it it'll pre- be more. You know, that's the problem. The government never has enough money. If you, So if you guys just give the government more money, all of our problems would be solved. You know, I think that's what...
2: That's the answer, honestly. Yeah. Any, I mean, that's what's wrong with the education system. Not enough money. And uh, that's, yeah, that's what's wrong with welfare. Not enough money. Our foreign policy. Not, Not, enough, poli- money. Not enough money for the military. We need to drop military. more bombs. No. Yeah. We need more tariffs, too. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So just raise taxes. That's what it is. And I remember Thomas Jefferson saying that we're going to start this country and I really hope someday down the road that people actually have no ownership of their money, <laughs> that the that the government I'm creating right now can decide how much of their own stuff they own. Well, that was Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton Hamilton was Hamilton, because Hamilton was the said big that. government okay. guy. No, I got a mixed up. Yeah. yeah. Got a mixed up. My bad.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of taxes, that does bring us to the very last question uh, before we have uh, an open discussion, which is what we've been doing the whole time. <laughs> Uh, The last sentence of the referendum states, These tax surcharges will end once all debt issued for the program has been paid and the Metro Council determines by resolution that the revenues from the tax surcharges are no longer needed for operation of the program. Hannah, in your experience... (laughs) <laughs> have you ever seen a government decide that a revenue stream is no longer necessary?
1: I, I certainly have not. That's just hilarious that that's in print. Honestly, I yeah. can't keep if, it together.
0: It really is, <laughs> actually. If, if at least they put it in if, there this if time. You, I mean, please, please read the referendum. And if it, you don't read it, read the last sentence because that actually is really in there. The funny thing <laughs> is someone counted that as a victory. We
3: got yeah. it in writing.
2: Good. They got coming it there. out. there. Man.
1: Unbelievable. No, I've certainly never seen government give up a revenue stream, and definitely have I ever not ever seen a, a government program no longer need to be funded. So I don't really foresee either of those two things happening. But,
0: but do you blame them? I mean, would any normal person give up a revenue stream? No, I, definitely I mean, not. No, I wouldn't. If somebody's just going to keep giving me money, yeah.
1: my dad still gives me money, and I take it freely every time I'm home. I'm like, thank you for the gas money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jealous. I'm jealous of that. There is nothing so permanent
2: as a temporary government program. That that's a very famous quote from Someone who my phone will not pull up right now, but I know that I've heard it before. I saw it in the, in the paper, pretty sure. You read it but in the book once. True. Were you <laughs> yes. in like
3: seventh grade reading the oh, paper? Yeah,
0: that's, uh, that's Milton Friedman.
2: Yeah, well, that no, is... actually, I'm pretty sure Milton Friedman was stole quoting it. someone else. He at stole that it time. from somebody. <laughs> I know that's who I heard say it, but I think I remember that he was quoting someone when he said it. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But that's the point there is that uh, when you start a government program, a temporary government program, it's never temporary. It keeps going forever. It's written in the bill right here that they're going to keep taking this money. Until
0: Yeah, until they decide. They're going to meet and decide, like, hey, do we still need this revenue stream? And the problem is, as we mentioned, there's going to be massive delays, it's going to be more money, and they're never going to run out of things to spend money on for the transit. They'll get to phase 47 and still be, you know, taking the same tax. I wish I could be a project manager on this thing if it passes, (laughs) you know? Because I just, you know, things would keep failing. We'd keep having issues I wish I, I have owned have to decipher. I Neither. wish I
2: owned whatever the biggest construction company was in Nashville, honestly. Because I bet... Well, you don't want to be uh, the biggest. You just want to be the, you know... The,
1: the most connected.
2: Connected. Yes, the connected, most connected. And what yeah. Hannah means by connected is the
0: lowest bidder. Obviously, they're going to take that guy. I bet that's who they take. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So...
1: But, you know, I do want to point out before we, you know, end this topic, uh, obviously us all are libertarians and we have very strong views based on principles that we hold. But I think the interesting thing about this proposal is you've seen people come out against it from the left, from the right, from the libertarian group. It seems like you've got a lot of uh, opposition from all around. And I think that's for good reason, because this plan really does hurt the poorest among us. And I think that that's something that we need to remember. You know, as libertarians, we do care about the poor people and we really do want to see things come about that can help them improve their lives and Move up the ladder and if you've got a very aggressive sales tax that certainly doesn't help poor people And if you've got you know a transit system that doesn't benefit them and they still can't get to their jobs That doesn't benefit them at all. So I think that that's important to remember when we we're
0: discussing this Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a, we've always been proponents and if you go back and listen to some episodes we talk about Libertarians I think in in my mind and somebody correct me if i'm wrong out there Send us an email info at the big freedom <laughs> Libertarians, I think, actually care the most about the poor people. We just want to lift them up in their own way. We don't want to force them to go down a certain path or we don't want to, um, you know, just give them everything they want and desire because we know that in this life, purpose is what matters. It's the self-responsibility. Those types of things that give somebody a reason to get out of bed every single day. And I think, you know, we talked about it before, you know, when we when we went over Ben Carson and the way he's running, you know, the the department of, um, uh,
2: Hannah, what are you doing over the, there? I don't know. I, I think she my must, hands. I think she fell asleep and <laughs> no, like, her, her, her head. I just slapped before. the mic. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Charlie. I got lost. I'm sorry. I got sorry. lost. Sorry, Charlie. I've never heard that before. I've never heard
0: that before. How does he
1: say it again? It's British, right?
0: Charlie. <laughs> ouch, Charlie. Oh, ouch, Charlie. That really yeah. is, Charlie. So anyway, what I was saying is libertarians love poor people. That's that's where I was going. And we're not heartless <laughs> bastards. We just want
2: to create yeah. ways for them to be able to help themselves, you yeah. know? You know the old uh, give a man a fish saying? Exactly. Everyone knows that saying, and if you said it to someone, they would be like, yeah. But then like when we talk about the actual ways to give someone the ability to do something themselves, everyone thinks that you're just a heartless, heartless bee. So yeah. We won't say. I already, are we saying said, bastard? It. I already Did said it. you said it. Did it was you say a "bastard." Show. Okay, that's in the appropriate. <laughs> Just that, kidding. That's kind of old world. We I can say know. "bastard." I don't know. It's really the context of the word that matters, and I think that I'm, was the wrong it on one. The, I'm putting it on the yeah. cleared list. Okay, we will not Appert. label this episode explicit. iTunes does not demand it. Okay, no. Not well, for, not
1: I wanna for say, that. Did hey, it explicit.
2: So but, get more hey, But celebrate a win with me, guys. Alcohol sales on Sundays. Woo! Yes. 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 Congrats. Bravo. Yeah. You know, I heard uh, a liberal um, came out, one of the, um, man, I don't know if it was a city council person or one of the representatives said that they were unhappy about it because it was going to force family owned businesses to stay open on Sundays now to compete with the bigger companies that were going to be doing it. I said Isn't this that is terrible? more whiskey in your week. Yeah, that's what I like. Sorry, but...
1: the only companies that were not open that were selling alcohol were the liquor stores, yeah, right? They were the only ones actually. Grocery so, stores are still open on Sundays. Yeah,
2: and the liquor store owners are so concerned with okay having Sunday. With opening. Yeah.
0: And I haven't talked to Dan Kathy recently. Uh, I actually never have. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it was a true statement. <laughs> yeah. So you haven't re- talked yeah. to him recently. I haven't talked to him recently, and I never have. Those are both true. <laughs> And uh, I think (laughs) Chick-fil-A will probably still be closed on Sundays. So you're not
2: going to get your chicken sandwiches fixed. Well, it's unfair for them. Right. Because yeah. yeah. they can't compete. And they're, so they're going to go out of business.
1: I don't know. According to the New Yorker, you know, Chick fil A is abusing New Yorkers right now by forcing their chicken sandwiches and traditional Christian beliefs on New Yorkers.
2: And they're about to be Did
1: y'all not see this? Forcing. They're about
3: to be the no. third largest fast food chain yeah. in the country closed one day away.
1: Closed on Sundays. Praise Jesus. There's a
2: line every time, and I will wait every single time because that chicken is good. It's so good. Let me good. tell you what, I love it. It's next level. But they're forcing people in New York yeah. to eat there.
1: They're shoving it on them, mm. basically. They
0: basically. They're they like, hey, you better take some jesus my pleasure (laughs) Yes, get some jesus do you know
1: jesus eat this chicken
3: (laughs) so we've got one important question will you Uh come back and visit us again
1: anytime this has been fun we'll
3: get you a
0: new whiskey i promise
1: i'm excited
0: (laughs) guys that's all the time we've got we're running out of time so thanks for joining the big freedom show thanks for listening please share the show tell a friend about it leave us a rating and review and guys we'll talk some more liberty next
2: week